Thor is kind of like the little sister who gets all the hand-me-downs from her older sister. Psalm 24 is kind of like the average child who is always in the shadow of their, their prodigy sibling. Because Psalm 24 comes right after Psalm 23, to state the obvious. And there's lots and lots of Psalm 23 Christians out there, people who love to think about the Lord walking with them in the valley of the shadow of death. There's lots of Psalm 23 Christians who, are, when they're in a tough spot, that they want to remember that there's this incredible banquet with the Lord that is right around the corner. Poor Psalm 24. I think if Psalm 24 had feelings that Psalm 24 would constantly, constantly be envious. But here's the truth. We need Psalm 24. We need Psalm 24 for its honesty about the holiness of the Almighty. We need Psalm 24 because it asks a haunting question. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? And we need Psalm 24 for its cry of victory, the voice that cries out, lift up your heads, O you gates, be lifted up. Listen to this incredible Psalm of David. Of David, a psalm. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false, he will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God as Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Selah. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is He, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Selah. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Usually you would think that shouts of praise and acclamation would make people happy. Maybe even make them smile and laugh. But not this time. This time the crowds cried out, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This time the crowds cried out, peace in heaven. Where did they get these cries? 
Well, the, the first part of the cry seems obvious. It comes straight from Psalm 118. And that's always a safe choice to cry out to Jesus. Something biblical, something beautiful, something straight from the Bible. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. But where did they get the second part? Peace in heaven? As if heaven needed peace more than earth. They didn't get it from the angels. The angels cried out at the birth of Jesus' peace on earth, goodwill to men. And God smiled. But the crowds on Palm Sunday, they cried out, peace in heaven. And then, God cried. That's what Luke says. Luke says it this way, As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace. Heaven didn't need peace. Earth needed peace. They misunderstood his purpose. They misunderstood what he was doing. And so... As they shouted out, each time he became more and more sad, and so God cried. And he brought them right back to earth where they were supposed to be. That's really what Psalm 24 is all about. David, too, he wants to bring people back to earth, and so he begins his psalm in the right place by putting God in heaven. That's what he says. Um, Verses 1 and 2, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. You know, it, it must have been really something when God, who had made this chaotic blue world full of water, all of a sudden, by the power of his word and with his little finger, began to raise up mountains and islands, and beaches, and riverbeds. It really must have been something when the Lord did that. But David wants us to know something as he begins writing this psalm in Psalm 24. He wants us to understand that he is creator. We are creation. He wants us to understand that we are dust. And to dust we will return. And He is eternally Spirit. He, he wants us to understand without a doubt that we are on earth and everything on earth belongs to Him. And that He is in heaven. David wants to put God up in heaven. He wants us to put us down on earth actually lower than us. He wants to put us at the bottom of the holy hill of God. And right there, as we stand looking up at the holy hill of God, David wants to plant in each of our hearts a haunting question. So David continues, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? It's the best question. It's, it's really the only question that creation can ask the Creator. 
It's the only question that, that dust can ask eternal spirit. It's the only question that earth can ask heaven. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? And there are those who will answer that question easily. And they will say in their pride, and their arrogance, and their self-worship, I can. I can do it. I can ascend the hill of the Lord because my holiness is just like God's. I can walk up His mountain because I have clean hands. I've never done anything wrong. And I have a pure heart. I can do it, they say. And they worship themselves in a sick kind of self-worship. But then there are those who truly ask the question, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? And they can only say, well, I can't. My hands are not clean. And my heart is not pure. Not like God's. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? I don't know. The only thing I know for sure is that I can't. Selah. Seriously, that's where David pauses the psalm. Right there. With this haunting question, Selah. But Palm Sunday's in the Selah. I know that sounds strange, but it really is. Palm Sunday is right there in the Selah. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Ask yourself that question. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord as you watch Jesus ascend it? For you and for me. Only He had hands clean enough. Only He had a heart who was pure enough. And so He ascended the holy mountain of God. And those clean hands soon became messy with nails. And that pure heart soon was stopped. So that His clean hands would wash our hands clean. And so that His stopped heart would give to our hearts eternal life. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? It's right in the Selah. Our Palm Sunday King, He did it for us. And Palm Sunday must be in the Selah. It has to be in the Selah because of what happens next in the psalm. Suddenly, there is a voice. A strange and anonymous voice in Psalm 24 who is, has already ascended the holy hill of the Lord and he is standing at the gates. And he's telling those gates to the holy city of God be lifted up. This is what David says. The voice cries out, lift up your heads, O you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors. We could translate it this way, the gates of everlastingness. These doors, the best that I can imagine them, are like the gates of Mordor. Huge. Everlasting. 
Not even an atomic bomb could blow them up. And their height reaches to the skies. No strength of man can open them so that someone could enter the presence of the holy city. But Jesus stands outside the gates. And he cries out, lift up your heads, O you gates. And for just a minute, it seems like they will not open. And then they crack and a gleam of light comes out. And then there's others who join Jesus with this great song. Those who have been washed in his name. Those who have been fed with his body and blood stand outside the gates and they cry out, lift up your heads and the gates Swing open to all the baptized, to everyone who believes. Psalm 24. Selah. David pauses again. You know, Every year on Palm Sunday, I used to wonder, why does he talk about the ancient doors? What are these ancient doors? But if you look at those doors in the context of Psalm 22, 24, David orients us to the doors. He puts us outside the doors, not inside of them, at the bottom of the hill. And he helps us to understand that someone has ascended the hill. And he helps us to see that now this voice is crying out to the gates that they would be lifted up. Someone, someone has won a great victory. Someone has justified us. And now the gates of heaven swing open to all. There's something that Psalm 24 teaches us as we begin Holy Week. It's this. We begin Holy Week rightly, spiritually, at the bottom of the hill. And we spend Holy Week there, looking up at our crucified and risen Jesus. We'll spend this week right there. Next week, we'll be on top of the mountain with Him. But this week, we're at the bottom. This week we're at the bottom looking up at Him. might say that Palm Sunday is in the first Selah. But Easter Sunday is in the second Selah. And it's right around the corner. You want to know the truth? You can't have Psalm 23 unless you first have Psalm 24. You can't. You can't enter the holy presence of God and enjoy His banquet unless you first have someone ascend the hill for you and open up the gates. You can't have Psalm 23 without Psalm 24. Psalm 24 is not the little sister that gets all the hand-me-downs. And Psalm 24 is not the average child living in the shadow of the prodigy child. Psalm 23 and Psalm 24 are best friends, or maybe we could say that they are twins because they go together. And 
And so this week, begin your week at the bottom of the hill. And watch with Jesus on Monday, Thursday, as he gives us his Holy Supper. Join us to worship, 6 p.m. Watch from the bottom of that hill as Jesus is hung on a cross for you. Good Friday, 6 p.m. And then join with Jesus on Easter Sunday to call on those gates to be opened up. Amen. Please stand.